What's going on, you cool cat and kittens out there? This week on the edition of the Marvel Roundtable, we are going to be discussing the fourth installment on one of the major heroes of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as the God of Thunder takes the skies into outer space and other weird dimensions once again as he battles Gore the God Butcher in Thor Love and Thunder. But does this movie hold up with the creative direction that Taika Waititi decides to take? We'll, we'll definitely talk about that and so much more as we discuss Thor Love and Thunder right here on the Marvel Roundtable. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Marvel Roundtable right here on the Horny Goat YouTube channel. Of course, the Horny Goat Podcasting Network, <laughs> where you can, of course, listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, it is, of course, time once again for the Marvel Roundtable. Heather's already broken. Uh, it is already time for the Marvel Roundtable, the show where we break down each and every single movie and show in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You guys know me. I'm Connor, a.k.a. Mr. Marvel 613, joined here by the wonderful members of the Horny Goat crew. I got with me the power couple... You okay there, Heather? You good? You good now? Pull out. I'll be okay. Okay, cool. We got J. We got JP, Heather, and Canadian Basement with us. How you guys doing this evening? Um, you know, not, feel, not feeling full of love and thunder. Basement <laughs> singing. <laughs> I'm just gonna replace my sound with the screaming goats. Yes. <laughs> I'm all in favor of that. I really, 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 really wanted to like this movie because I love Thor. Oh, yeah. I think he's, personally, I think he's the best character in the whole fucking Marvel series, Until... universe for me. Mm. And they made this a fucking joke. And the goats fucking suck. They have no purpose in this fucking movie. That's why I None. like them. <laughs> it's one of, the, one of the reasons I like them. Is for, the me, for me, personally, it ruined almost, it came this close to, like, completely ruining the movie for me. There's no purpose for these fucking goats to even be in this fucking the movie. The rest of the movie did that, so don't <laughs> worry. I'm kind of with Basement on that one. So everybody That's... really enjoyed this movie, so we're good. The end, wrapping up, short episode of the Marvel Roundtable, we're, we're good to go. I'm sorry, I, I just, it, it killed the movie for me. The, 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 the whole Thor acting like a dumb shit throughout this fucking movie, just, it, it, it what are they doing? Where are they going with this character? Uh, nowhere. Um, so if I have to talk, okay, just to, like, this, I did not like this movie. Yeah. There, it, that, that, like, I've watched it. I watched the first 20 minutes and I turned it off <laughs> because I'm like, is this a parody movie? Right. Uh, yeah. And then I mean, I watched, yeah. It's, it's borderline. Yeah. And then I went right back and I watched the first hour of this movie and nothing had changed. Correct. The first hour of this movie is probably one of the worst things Marvel has ever done. In my opinion, the second hour has some bright spots. No. Though they are more technical, like, the- Taika Waititi can suck my fucking dick. I hate this guy. Like, it- Thor Ragnarok was fine, good enough. He hit gold. 
Yep. But this is just too much of him. I can see it. I can sense it. And I know because he's one of the characters that yeah. I wanted to die constantly. Almost did. <laughs> too fucking bad. Um, too much jokes. I mean, did anybody actually watch? Does anybody watch fucking 40 Marvel films and be like, I wish they had more Marvel jokes in them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, you fucking brain dead? I'm pretty sure. What was it? Ant Man was the first one where we were like, it was too too many jokes, and then so sure. Sure. like oh, he does not have any any handle on the audience. Nobody that watches Marvel movies want more Marvel jokes. They're at the fucking precipice of Marvel jokes. There's way too many already. Okay. Oh, you're gonna love the next thing we review then. That there, there wasn't funny. Nothing was funny. I never laughed once. I did. I did. I laughed at the stupidity because it was stupid funny. Yeah. I laugh at stupid funny. I will. It, it, I guess, I guess there's, there's, even if it's stupid, I'll I'll laugh at it because there's two things I laughed at, and they were in the trailer. <laughs> was one of them the logo? One was when he threw his coat onto the fucking squid guy. And the other one was when he's like, when you look at your friends and they love you, and he's like, yeah. moves into the camera. Other than that, nothing hit home for me in this. I like, there's, I'll, I'll, there's good in this, and there's potentially a good movie in here. But unfortunately, that good movie stays in there somewhere. There, and never comes out. There, ever. This, this definitely for me anyway. Um, since we're since we're on the subject, I, I, I kind of felt this is definitely a step backwards. I still enjoyed the movie. I'm not saying it's great. I still enjoyed it because I once once I understood the direction of it, I'm like, okay, this is what it's gonna be. Yeah. I I'm not a fan of what they did with Thor either. I will I will admit that. However, there are three things of this movie that I liked. Three three big things, which we'll get into once we get to the actual story of everything. But. Um, since we already heard from Basement and JP and myself, Heather, what did you think of Thor Love and Thunder? Along the same lines as you, but I'm also siding a bit with Basement. This movie was just a little too much comedy oh, for it to just was. be like into the seriousness at the end. Oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> and I, yes, I enjoyed the movie, but I this movie does not do much for the grand scheme. Yeah, I feel Loki has done the most for the grand scheme of the big story for all of Phase Four than anything else has. Which, which, which I, I think we talked about before is very interesting because Loki had such a hand in the beginning of the MCU yeah. in general. This movie did nothing. Yeah, it does one for thing. the grand, grand one scheme, thing, of but it's not even. Minus. I mean, it, it introduces well, a couple people. <laughs> It, 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 in like it a terrible way. It, it doesn't do much more to push the story for the the overlying story of the entire universe, though. It does very little for anybody. It's it, like I know it's more Thor centric, and there's supposed to be like this theme of Thor learning to love again or whatever. But the, the movie is so shit that it doesn't. That it's so bad. It handles it so poorly. All of the actual good, potentially emotional parts of this movie. You might as well throw them in a fucking garbage bin because um, there's like there's, there's no there's no fucking the the director does not allow you to experience them. I I will argue there is one emotional scene. It doesn't count because it's filled in a fucking comedy movie, parody comedy movie. It's the first scene. Yeah, even then. <laughs> I I it's the first scene. The the, the opening scene with gore. 
and his daughter. Yeah, but then you move from that to this fucking like I know. larger it, than life it, god I know. with it's, flower it's, people. It, like it, it feels nothing, like you're letting nothing, the air out of a balloon. Yeah, I I get you, I get you. But every fucking scene is that. Every scene that matters is like can't wait to get back to the fucking clown show. <laughs> and the clown show sucks. It sucks. <laughs> against clowns man but anyway we're gonna we're gonna break down the entirety of the movie as you can hear we're uh, clearly quite fans of it uh shout out to alpha joining us in the chat and also if you guys are listening to us here on uh the youtube channel we did post a poll up in the chat let us know if you guys thought you guys thought thor love and thunder was either a thumbs up or a thumbs down i think right like we're we're kind of leaning towards more of a thumbs down over here but maybe more more like thumbs in the middle if at all possible but um of course i think i might put it above um, Doctor Strange, but I don't know yes. yet. I think it's a bit above because Doctor Strange did more on the line and tried to be serious and failed. This yeah. is just a kid playing in his own shit, is what I feel. Yeah, but at least that's a little entertaining. <laughs> just throw that out there uh, make sure you check out all the other uh, installments of the Marvel Roundtable you can check out the playlist down below we, uh, we're we almost caught up we are dangerously close to catching up as we have only two other properties uh, two other projects to review and then we are caught up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe which much to Heather and, and Basements much chagrin they're, they're very happy that uh, we'll be caught up and we'll talk to you guys more about the um, the future plans for the roundtable as far as next franchises, what's going to happen to the Marvel roundtable, et cetera, and so forth in the next coming weeks. So make sure you guys subscribe, check out more stuff coming out uh, in the near future. we got some other gameplay, including some fun ghost recon we did uh, last night, which always go, uh, nothing ever goes wrong. Anytime we play ghost recon, it is always smooth. Heather, wipe that look off your face. It is always smooth as silk. No issues whatsoever. It is always fantastic. So, um, somebody dropped a frag grenade as we ended the show. Or the you fucking guy we were supposed to protect ran into a machine gun constantly. <laughs> that guy was fucking stupid, okay? Look. Protect this suicidal man in the middle of like. Well, the worst part was like. Cartel. We, we, we like Mexico. fucking protected him, and then he's like, I'm going to go look at it, like go walk <laughs> over to the area. Like, you dumb fuck. Anyway, you have to go check it out in the video. To check it out. Um, so real quick, when it comes to a little bit of the, uh, pre-production side of Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, there's really not too much that, and I, I, I can't wait for Basement's reaction because I know he's going to be like, shocker. Shortly yeah. after the release of Thor, Ragnarok. I know what you're going to say, I think. <laughs> shortly after the release of the third Thor film, Thor Ragnarok, in November of 2017, um, the film's director, Taika Waititi, and executives from Marvel Studios met to discuss ideas for another film, which was greenlit following the positive responses to Thor Ragnarok. Chris Hemsworth indicated that he was interested in continuing to play Thor in the MCU, despite his contract with Marvel Studios being set to end with his role in Avengers Endgame. By then, Hemsworth and Waititi had discussed that they would, what they would want in a potential fourth Thor film, and Hemsworth said a month later he would consider returning if there was another great script. I love how even oh, I love God. how even in the notes of this another great script script is in quotations. Um, in July 2019, Watiti officially signed on to write and direct the fourth Thor film, with Helmsworth expected to reprise his role. Watiti was not. <laughs> this is the part. Watiti was not interested in repeating what they did with Ragnarok. Instead, wanting to do quote something more interesting for myself to keep the whole thing ignited and to make sure that I'm feeling creatively stimulated. So I'm he saying, dropped a bunch of acid and then did this movie. Got it. Taika Waititi is a guy that 
he'd be like if you met him at a party he'd be like so i bought this hat yesterday and this hat's really cool and like you know he'd just like go off on some weird tangent of something that doesn't mean anything um and like i i've, I've watched a lot of his stuff I, I and what you have to know about the director is he, he he takes like serious things and he looks at them through the lens of like a five-year-old yep. yes yep and this is this movie Taika Waititi has done a few things with Star Wars. And you can tell when Taika Waititi is, is directing something because there's some, there has to be some semblance of stupid comedy in it. Yes. Which I don't mind. mind? Yeah, I'm with you. But it, but it's over, it overbears what the story is with him sometimes. Like he has to throw this in there so that they know that it's him directing this. Well, well, and it's he's... not needed. The thing is, he's found even ground on Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. In my mind, those are the two movies that I feel like he's found even ground with. But when, like, when there's no one there to like rein him back from just being like, <laughs> "I'm going to go full on," it's Vince Russoism playing with shit patties. Yeah, it is. It's Vince Russoism. Throw something at the wall and hope something sticks. Yep. Um. Natalie Portman also agreed to return to the franchise and her character after her character was not included in Ragnarok following a single meeting with Watiti, who was given creative freedom for Marvel Studios to reimagine her role in the film in which he offered to portray the character in a different, fresh way with license to be adventurous and fun and funny. Um, now, two, two, two things to note about this. The first is, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Taika Watiti went to Natalie Portman while uh, do, while doing Thor Love and Thunder because he's slated to do another Star Wars project soon and said, hey, you want to be in Star Wars? Yeah, I read that. <laughs> he, no, he's I, his the exact fucking... quote was, you know, you would do great in Star Wars. <laughs> like, okay. Why, why is anybody hiring this guy? Like, I don't. So, so oh my thing, god Natalie, for these projects he does not fit in this universe sorry the thing with natalie portman i can buy her character doing this yes she did this kind of thing in star wars as padme but then they fucking ruined her fucking character mm -hmm. by so the, the, the other... it's just, they should never hire directors that don't respect the source material well, and this is him. He should be doing indie films and standalone movies, not this. Well, it's funny you say that. The other part I was going to throw to you guys is, is this is another one of those situations where um, he is a or, or Marvel is once again adapting a more recent uh, comic film or uh, more comic series. So they actually took um, a lot of this movie was influenced off of the Mighty Thor story. Uh, that involves uh, Jane Foster in inheriting the powers of Thor and also a little bit of, obviously, sprinkling of Gore the God Butcher, characters that were really introduced not even in the last, like, 10 years or so. And, and we said the same thing with Miss Marvel being, a, again, a newer character. Um, I was going to throw out there, do you think that, I mean, there is a shit ton of stories in Marvel, DC too, but Marvel as far as how many fucking stories there are, do you think it matters if they take more current stuff or like in terms of the comics and source material, or do you think that there's still plenty of other things they could do in, in previous stories and, and, uh, and whatnot? Like, do you think there's any advantage to them doing more modern yeah. adaptations? And I think they've done enough to kind of like, the problem is I think Marvel is at that moment where they've actually pissed off a lot of like the comic book, book diehards because mm -hmm. of their pick and choose method and how they represent things 
I get that they have to make it for like modern audiences, but Marvel is kind of like resting their laurels on a fan base they created, which is not the comic lovers. It's the cinematic universe fan base that might reference the comic books. Like, oh, I heard that Gore the God Butcher's in here, so I'm going to look it up online and get a little excerpt of what his character is, but I have no investment in it from a comic book standpoint. So, like, Marvel's at that weird place where I think they, like, I'm going to fucking link it back to wrestling. They're in that, like, weird place where, like, WWE was in the 2000s, where they still had the old fans. They weren't really making a lot of new fans, but they were kind of, like, catering to a new fan base that doesn't exist. Yes, I know I know what you're referring to. Yeah, you, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which which does make sense. I mean, they are in a weird in-between phase anyway, because obviously we're still in phase four, which a lot of, as we've seen, everything is all over the fucking place as far as a, a total, like, major direction as far as creative is concerned. In terms of, like, having fans being able to piece things together, you know, with the idea of, oh, we, like, I think it was just around this time or a little bit after that, that's when Kevin Feige, Daddy Feige, approached the stage and basically revealed that we are now in the multiverse saga and we're heading towards Secret Wars. Because still, even up until this point, we had no idea where the fuck everything was going. So... I, th- I, f- I feel like they are leaning uh, heavily into, like, newer material because of, like, what is socially acceptable or pushed to be socially, like, we want more women heroes we want more gay people we want like this 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 is a pretty gay movie (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna lie there's and it's not there's like the thing is it handles it well enough for me i don't care like this is yeah a good they that's the one thing that they do in this that i by gay they mentioned like oh same-sex couples it's a throwaway line it doesn't mean anything it's not like oh this is who you are or whatever uh which i found pretty good uh pretty interesting and i do like the way that they handle um jane's character as well as being like oh she's now has the power of thor it wasn't like she's all of a sudden way better than thor ever was or anything like that she's just another person that wields the power Yes, yes, which which is a very uh, it, it's pretty much a straight comic book adaptation, and I was kind of surprised because um, when obviously they announced at Comic Con pre COVID and all that stuff and pre uh, uh, pandemic that she was going to be returning and ho- and holding up Mjolnir, a lot of people were like, "Oh, is is Jane going to take on the mantle of Thor? Is Thor going to die now?" And um, clearly, that's not the case, as we'll break into in a second, but. They they obviously took the 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 direct adaptation, which I'll mention. the The Jane Foster relationship with Thor is actually one of the things I actually really liked about this movie, or rather, the way they wrapped it up. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think that they address a lot of stuff that was never really touched upon as far as uh, as far as Thor. Well, she wasn't fucking in Thor Ragnarok, so. Um, but uh, I like I like how they treat her. Um, as Thor, but I hate everything surrounding it. Um, I also would need to ask a question because I was thoroughly confused. Yep. Is Thor a person or a moniker? He's both. Both. Why? Because movies. Is that the direction they wanted to go with this movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? So his, I was like, his name I'm is, a his Thor. Name, I'm like, his you're name, a Thor. So this man was born it, Thor. It, it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but they, they, kind of, they kind of allude to it in the first movie that like, 
you know, the, 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 the inscription on the hammer is whoever wields this shall inherit the powers of Thor. So the, the yeah. Thor is a title, but it is also fucking Thor's name. So manifest destiny, bitches. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little infuri- it's a little. I mean, fuck. Even in the promotional stuff, Jane Foster was referred to as Mighty Thor, like she is a version yeah. of a Thor. So it's well, it's, if Thor lost his powers, would he still be a Thor? Yep, he'd be a Thor. He'd, he'd, be, no, he'd be a Thor. He would still be Thor, though. No. Uh, it's so like I I personally was like what the fuck okay no I I, I I I get where you're especially in this movie I understand that like yeah it's 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 fucking I am a Thor I yeah. am a Thor I'm like oh, what you're a Thor you're a Thor yeah I'm getting Thor this <laughs> it's whole like it, 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 it's like the whole Caesar thing yeah if you don't pay attention <laughs> to the context in which Thor is used it gets confusing I'm Spartacus what are your pronouns Thor she her <laughs> Lightning! Oh, I can't wait to go. I can't. I can't wait till we get to talk about the kids. I can't wait till we get to that scene. Either. Um, the, ki- oh, the kids man. fucking. We'll get there. Oh, uh, so before you start, actually, I did read that like they had this movie was made on the editing table. They had like four hours plus. Yes. Of a final cut, and they they basically edited down to something that was cohesive. You can tell. I'm gonna yeah. say right now. There's so no many points where it's just like, it's like, did we miss something here? Floating kid's head. <laughs> it's like, hey, this fun time. He just threw his coat on that guy at cancer. <laughs> like, okay, here we are. <laughs> so, but yes, you can kind of tell that it yeah. was made. In the Honestly, room. though, like you know, it's weird. You know, I said like the, I I I criticize Doctor Strange a lot because that's that's a movie where like you want to get your CGI shit together, right? Yeah. Thor would be this, especially this movie because Thor goes into fucking space in different dimensions. You would think yep. that like Thor would do the same. That 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 Thor would would I would think Thor would need similar like CG, but for some reason I don't. Maybe it was just the glaring story that just <laughs> like maybe although. Oh, although part of it could be the fact that they and I think this might be a, might have been a clever trick. Did the shadow dimension in black and white? That oh, kind of like how I, they did. With... I, I, I don't want to talk about it yet, but okay. all I'm going to say is that hit we'll a there. lot. I all think. Right. All right, we'll, we'll... I'll get there when we get. Uh, I, I actually, I think this is one of the worst written movies I've ever seen. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. The writing is terrible. There is, and it's the wor- it's yeah. the worst thing about this movie. The writing is so bad, and they don't even try. They there don't is, even fucking try. There's one part. I, I will. I will. I'm not. I'm not defending the writing. I can tolerate the writing except for one part, which I will get to when we get to it, and it's towards the end. And I think you know what I'm talking about. The, the writing is terrible. The acting is good, really good. The writing is terrible. Actually, I, I will. I will. I will agree with you on that. That the, the the acting is probably one of the best parts. But anyway, let's kick things off with Thor: Love and Thunder. So uh, we are introduced. And uh, what's up, uh, Real Cody, joining us in the chat? We are introduced to Gore, the last of his people, spending his days striving to survive on a barren desert with his daughter, Love. He prays to his god, Rapu, uh, Rapu, uh, Rapupu, for help, but Love soon dies of starvation. Just as he begins to hear a voice calling out to him in the distance, Gore discovers an oasis where he finds Rapu, who had killed the latest wielder of an ancient weapon known as an all-black, the Necrosword. Rapu makes fun of Gore for his helplessness and refuses to provide any assistance. Feeling betrayed, Gore claims the Necrosword and beheads him and vows for the elimination of all gods. I don't give a shit. I love this entr- uh, the, the start of this. 
most contrived of all plot conveniences. Is it really that Gore claims it, or is it the sword chooses? So Why? it's yeah, it's it's a little bit of a little, a little from column A, a little from column B. We we do realize we do learn later on in the movie that it's kind of a combination of him accepting the sword, but by doing so, understanding that it corrupts him a little bit and pushes him in the in the wrong direction. Um, except for, except for the sword part, I I fucking I I really enjoyed the the intro to be very honest with you, and you're not gonna hear me say that much. I think Christian Bale is easily one of the best parts of this movie. Yep. You hardly see him, but he, he does actually leave it on the table. Um, when it comes down to it, though, it's like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, and then she dies. Then there's an oasis so he can meet his maker. He goes there. His maker doesn't care about him. And it just so happens. <laughs> like, it's just like this is the beginning of it just so happens in this movie, yeah. which it just so happens is the biggest fucking plot theme this movie has yeah which yep. infuriates me because you know it's terrible writing already i think up until when the like when the daughter up until when the daughter dies i'm not gonna lie i got fucking choked up like his acting and like the whole the whole scene the way it is it's just i i, I thought again up until when the daughter dies was like fantastic. i get choked up i didn't know any of them i didn't care <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's like like i get what you're saying it's just like there's no backstory there's nothing going there yes they're the last of their kind and then i really didn't really jive with the god the the actor yeah it, yeah he, he came yeah. off a bit he came i know he's in like what they do in the shadows i think the tv show or the movies in one of them but uh he came off as like stage actor in a movie scene yeah i get where you're coming from on that um with his facial expressions yeah really this is like where the cgi was like weird because it felt like he was he was doing this a little bit without moving yeah it just so happens he has the guy that was trying to kill him dead somehow he's eating we're celebrating we're celebrating a feast by killing the person who had the necrosword two feet away from you yeah, and will allow you to obviously get it. Ah, uh, kills gods. But, anyway, no, what are you here for? It didn't allow him. He did not allow him to get the sword. The sword dissolved and then appeared in his hand. No, I know, but I just he, lo- I love how it's like it just happens where, to be like, right behind him. I'm gonna tell you right now, like Gore the God Butcher, his character is way too good for this movie, and yeah. it's way too good to be glossed over like this. You needed a bit more time to get behind the character. I, I think they could have Thanos this man. Well, he was like, gave in, gave yeah. him enough time to like be built up to be not like, like basically a Thanos level threat to gods, not yeah, I, the world as it is. I was but very surp- that. I was very surprised they chose him uh, chose him for uh, a Thor movie. Oh, well, I shouldn't let me rephrase that. It works perfectly for Thor, but this movie—he's—he's he's very powerful, and, it, and, it, and they do kind of like uh, stifle him a little bit. But Heather, what do you think of the of the opening scene here? The opening scene kind of it grabbed my attention, but at the same time, it kind of confused me because it's just like, okay, who the fuck is this now? Because they just throw two new people in your face, and oh, okay, the new baddie for the movie. Got it. Okay. But oh yeah, a very poorly paced movie. Things are all over the like it it jumps to like completely like. There's no soft jumps, man. This thing is hard cutting all over the place to completely different atmospheres. <laughs> ah, fuck this movie. <laughs> just... At the end, and when, when he gets into the oasis after his daughter dies and he's eating the fruit and the god is just, no, look, he thinks it's for him. And it's just like, 
he's setting in cement exactly what most atheists think. Gods are hypocrites and don't exist, so... So, like, within the world of Thor and, like, Greek mythology, gods are fucking dickheads. Like, they are. Yeah. It's been oh, established, oh. right? For so, sure. like, I mean, I, I did enjoy that part where it's like, okay, you finally meet the maker and the maker doesn't care about you. But, like, it's the whole theme of the movie is not every god is the same. Yeah. Like, show that. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I got Mr. Freeze vibes from Gore in terms of <laughs> face. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I meant more the motivation, but yeah. <laughs> I'll go with the face. Fuck it. Honestly, if this, I would cut half this movie out, and the gore and Thor stuff is great. Yeah, but there's so much extra. Like we're gonna get into it real soon. Where there's yeah. chop that, chop that out, chop that. Out. But yeah, I did enjoy the beginning of this movie. I was like, okay, this is pretty interesting. All and then... downhill from here. From there, yeah. No, there, there's, there's no, some... there's, there's some, there's some moments here and there. So, uh, Thor is. Uh, we're catching up with him, continuing his adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy, responding to a distress calls from across the universe while working to get himself back into shape. However, Thor remains discontent with where he. Is in life and intends to retire. An influx of distress calls regarding Gore emerge, one of them being from Sif, who had hunted him down. Uh, Thor and Korg respond to Sif's call, parting ways with the Guardians, who leave to respond to the others. They find a defeated Sif with her arm severed, who warns them that Gore will attack New oh. Asgard next. So, um, first of Perhaps all, perhaps your arm is in the <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, that I, I did chuckle at that joke. I don't give a shit. That was that. I, I thought it was funny. Um, uh, oh no, I'm gonna join my brethren in Valhalla. Well, you didn't die in battle. You need to actually die in battle, my yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah. See, see, if every other minute wasn't a joke, some of the jokes would have landed. Yeah, <laughs> for me, like, but every other fucking minute. Uh, this is gonna create a trend in this movie for me, where. There is a sign of a much better movie that could have been made. The yeah. whole beginning, okay, so the gore part, much better movie, could have been made away from this movie. Then you move to this part, much better movie that could have been Thor, Guardians of the Galaxy, and a bunch of fucking Jim Henson creations fighting against each other because it, it was pure labyrinth vibes with those guys oh on the, God, the yeah, little owl the little owl, owl creatures tower going like this as soon as Thor <laughs> enters the battlefield I mean <laughs> I'm like I'd be much more like choose choose a path and it's like yes. how about all of them how about no <laughs> like uh it, it was I did, like this is where I didn't know where this movie was going we start serious note we move to this I'm like I don't really know is this a parody movie? Is it a serious movie? We get introduced, to and the then uh, the best part of the movie. Uh, no. Um, what, what about you, Heather? We 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 catch up with Go- uh, we we catch up with Thor with the Guardians and this whole introduction. <laughs> Just remember the people you you know, the people you love with the awkward scene. Yeah. No, not you. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, oh god! As soon as it happened, and I saw, it's not even just the fucking bird creatures. 
Jean-Claude Van Damme reference. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. And then he just starts screaming at them, and then he also does like he a spin kick. And, and then he and jumps I'm like, up and crashes to each other. It's just like, this, is, this is where I was like, parody? Cops. Parody? Right this is my pa parody question mark. And I'm like, I know Marvel want to like go outside of their fucking formula, but I... really? Personally, if they if they wanted to have Thor have some sort of mini existential crisis in the sense of like he's not happy with where he is in life, we didn't. I that. wish he was a little bit more depressed. <laughs> this is gonna sound fucked up. More depressed? Yeah, yeah I wish he was more depressed. Like sense. No, nothing think... phase. Like you know what I mean? Like he didn't seem distraught. The thing is, okay, Thor's character growth. He he was Thor was never an idiot. He was a fish out of water, dumb. Right now it's. He is just plain idiotic. Um, yes. Yeah. He he has an IQ of ten, and he's running around. But he's got like deep, deeper wisdom. Every now and then, but he's a moron. It's it's, it's like they plucked him from the first Thor movie. Yes. And... No, no, no. Because his, no, the first Thor not... movie was naive. He was naive. He was ununderstanding. Uh -huh. Now he understands, but he's just dumb as shit. Yeah, they plucked him from the first movie, bashed him over the fucking brain <laughs> several put him thousand in this movie. times, and then released him back into the wild. Another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was like, everything was, uh, it, the fish out of water comedy worked perfect for him. Yeah. This, this, like, I, no discredit to Chris Hemsworth. I think he does an amazing job as Thor. He is Thor. It's just like, what a, what a fucking travesty to, like, turn his character into a brain dead moron yeah. yep. and still try to get like we're gonna pluck at your heartstrings every now and then but don't make them idiotic at every turn that you can and and like the the whole fucking the the beginning was just like uh don't know where this movie's going well it's gonna go in even more in a more darker direction as we uh, sorry heather do you want to say did you chime in real quick before i kept going I think it's the end of that where he sits there and says, I gift you my ship and you're giving me my ship back. Okay. So it's he like, became he became retarded. He, he literally became retarded. Like I I don't understand. I get there's like, oh, it's a comedy value and someone being stupid, but like do you have to make him a moron? Yeah. It's it's like he regressed. In Big every time. way possible. Yeah. Which Heads up, folks. Spoilers. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about that a lot in this in this movie. Oh, so, uh, yeah. but meanwhile, while this is all going on, Doctor Jane Foster undergoes treatment for stage four cancer. <laughs> what a weird segue. Yep. Uh, efforts to research. He's sweating owl creatures, and she's going to MRI machine. Yep. <laughs> efforts to research for a cure provide futile as she begins to lose hope. But Foster becomes inspired to travel to New Asgard in hopes that their magic can help eliminate the cancer. As Thor has unknowingly enchanted it to protect Foster while they were together, Mjolnir becomes drawn to her presence, fusing itself back together and imbuing her with the powers of the mighty Thor. Oh, I hated this so much. So, can we just? touch on the fact that she's in the chair getting the treatment and sees somebody's reading her book and just can't help herself but to yeah. sit there and try to look at him are you enjoying that book i wrote that i did that she's dying heather god's sakes i mean that's kind of her character anyway like it, it well, well that, i mean that's yeah i was gonna say that's what it, that's what she was about in the first movie uh, she yeah. wasn't she wasn't she was not all about taking credit 
for everything she did. She was actually she was... all about figuring it out. But she was also like, they're taking my research, my research. She was very much like, Again, we, we just give I worked hard for this. I should keep with this. Um, okay, so this is the third set piece in this movie. That should also be its own fucking movie. <laughs> cool, right? <laughs> hey, it, it's like completely tonally different. The first uh, with Gore, tonally different. Thor, tonally different. Jane Foster, tonally different. This movie is like, it's just... Who the fuck makes a movie where the tones are all over the fucking place? This Taika Waititi. Somebody got yeah, asked yeah. So, yeah, they have this. And, uh, and you said, like, okay, Thor had imbued shit into Mjolnir. We don't know this yet. Yeah, we don't learn that until much later. Which is why I fucking hate this, because she just ends up going there and ends up... Be- like, it's such a fucking... Ter- it's terrible writing. She just well, gets cancer, and she goes there, and she can control fucking Mjolnir. That's that's so, that's the idea here. So just to just to kind of put things in perspective here, and we're kind of jumping around a bit in terms of the way the movie presents it because I, I she does it. it well, well, even when they even when they even when they show why she would have like a connection, it's so fucking terrible. Uh, well, honestly, I was about to say I am not like I I this this is kind of tough for me because on one hand. So first off, it is accurate. Like the comic, it, it this is this is more or less what happens in the comics, where like she has cancer and she basically makes a a a, a, a deal with Mjolnir, basically, where she gets the powers of Thor in exchange for like it's almost it's almost an adapt a direct adaptation. However, and that being said, I'm not saying that this whole idea the idea of Mjolnir, like Thor saying, "Oh, protect Jane." Um, why the fuck did not thing happen in between right because it was in pieces and she wasn't right next to it <sighs> convenience, but, convenience yeah the, the, this, this, uh, we also need to talk about the fucking play thing that's 15 minutes of <laughs> wasted time i i, I, they, they, I know they did it ice cream parlor yeah that's terrible too like i mean really Genocide? it's like 9 11 ice cream i can't <laughs> wait <laughs> Come on, that's that's the equivalent. That's yeah, <laughs> that's basically what it was. Uh, so so, but like uh, the 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 scene where they have like Matt Damon and all them like doing the stage performance, mm. just to kind of like give a rehash of the last couple of films, and Melissa McCarthy pops out. I'm like, I fucking hate. I can't. Why is it still going? It's still going. It's still going. It was a terrible scene. In the first movie, it had it made sense because. Loki was, was putting Loki on like fighting. an iteration of what he wanted to see. This is just there's no place for it in a movie that is two hours long. Let's say I don't know if it is or not, but um, why waste why waste why waste ten minutes of runtime on this? It's so it is it's a bit such a it to be. It, no, it didn't need to exist at all. Um, what what is the purpose of this scene? What does it do to the movie in, in Comedy. general? Comedy. No, 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 no. Like the the rest of the movie does that. No, it doesn't. So there's um, a, there's <laughs> there's realistic. <laughs> this this scene has no purpose. Other than showcasing that the rich history of New Asgard and the people that protected it. Uh, okay, this You've movie seen, is if you're the shortest movie in all of the universe right now at 119 minutes. Woo. So it's almost <clears> exactly two hours. But like this is one of the scenes I'd cut right the fuck out. It makes yeah. it, it is purposeless. So uh, what I was gonna say though, going back real quick, was 
the Jane Foster thing. As much as I, as much as I have a lot of question marks as far as the whole concept of Thor of of Mjolnir protecting her and kind of like a a bullshit plot convenience as far as like she's got powers now, lol. This is one of the things I actually sort of credit the movie and one of the things I actually like about it is that they attempt, I'm not saying they pull it off uh, completely, they attempt to tie up and wrap up the relationship between Thor and Jane Foster or lack thereof. I'm not saying it's perfect, but by the end of this, obviously, um, it kind of, because, you know, she wasn't around for Thor Ragnarok for, you know, not available, you know, whatever, but, but money. Probably. Didn't want to play the role. Probably. Um, I at least appreciate them from a creative standpoint trying to somehow integrate that relationship and not just be like, oh, it was a love interest and she's, you know, written I, off. And... I appreciate what they did with the character to an extent. I hate how they did it. If that makes uh, Like, it's I, I actually really like the dichotomy between Thor Jane and Sick Jane. There's yes. like they said, there's parts of this movie that just there's four movies in here. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many fucking things going on, and none of them get enough time to actually make me like any of them. But I I do appreciate the fact that they included her, and I kind of like I they had to like I guess fucking do it as quickly as possible because it's so fucking everything is just it's it's a terribly written movie. She she shows up and it reacts to her. That's it. Yeah. I mean, like, we learn later that w- through stupid fucking writing that this would be impossible. I know. And I'm not, While he's dressed as a hot dog. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. Come on. I, like, like I said, I'm not saying that, like, the, that every nook and cranny of, of the whole thing in this movie is perfect, obviously. There's clearly. Um, but. I do appreciate them, or or whoever, whether it's Taika or the whole whoever the right wrote it together, coming back to the relationship and trying their best to wrap it up, but also sort of use it as a catalyst to kind of be the the. And I'm talking more towards at the very, very, very end, obviously, as far as the um, <laughs> launching pad for the next. Part you know afterwards. I, I'm just saying. I I thought that was one of the the wins of the movie, it, in my opinion. It, it's kind of weird because this movie does things to like rectify missing parts, but yes. it also it also dismantles does, itself. In yeah, it also does so much to like not count parts that existed prior. <laughs> oh, you're gonna fix this plot hole and create seven thousand more? Right. Cool. That's 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 basic city planning right there. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I, 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 this is where like when I was um watching it the first time, I got to the point where they were doing like the stage play, and I'm like, I fucking hate this movie, and I turn, I turned it off. There's, if it wasn't for the roundtable, I probably wouldn't have finished this movie, which is unfortunate because the second half is much better than the first. It is for me, and yeah. oh man, well it's not much. It, it's better than the first. Because there's some sort of like... It's better than the first part involving Thor. It becomes less comedy. A bit less, for fuck's sakes. They're, they're, yeah, they're still... Dying it's everywhere. It's fucking... still everywhere. It's um, still everywhere. What about, what about you, Heather? What do you, what do you think about the way they portrayed um, 
the the relationship Jane, of Jane, Jane and Foster. what? Jane Foster. Yes. I I like that they brought her back for this, just to kill her off, essentially, because that's what you think. <laughs> for now, <laughs> they killed her off <laughs> uh, because of the fact that we know there's going to be more projects involving Thor later on because of what has already been announced. And Jane Foster was a very beloved character. Mm. By by the first movie, she was a beloved character, that Dark World. Mm. Uh, which is why they left her out of Ragnarok. But at the end of the day... Her Thor character is exactly the same as the male Thor character. As far as being goofy and, you know, I need a good tagline. Let's, let's get a good tagline going. Oh my well, God. What are there, you doing, woman? <laughs> there's one scene that we'll get to that I literally, like, my lord. Is it the it's it's so bad. bad guy line? Uh, uh, nope. Nope. Is, is it her eventual tagline? Well, uh, that's all bad. That's all bad. But it's 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 not that. There is one scene that I was like, I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> uh, we'll get there eventually. It's just it's, it, it, they tried hard with her for this, and frankly, it didn't work for me. See, I see. I didn't. I didn't mind her so much. I, I her as the Thor. As the mighty Thor didn't work for me. I actually felt I wanted like... it to work because I think she's a very talented actress. Mm-hmm. I felt like if more more explored, that character yeah. would have probably been my one of my favorites of the film. But they just they can't do it. So um I wanna see the deleted seeds and see how many of her seeds that were deleted that yeah, probably would have uh, made her character make more fucking sense. They deleted so many scenes they would have had another movie. Um <laughs> and so she wields Mjolnir and gets the powers of Thor. Just you know, uh, just like that. That didn't happen to Captain America yeah. in Avengers Endgame. Hey, shut up. So anyway, we're moving on. That night go- there seems to be a theme in Marvel stuff where it's like, so to... I just got those powers somehow really fast. I'm going to need you to get all up on my back about previous Marvel films. <laughs> all right, I will get off of that. <laughs> I'll get off that thing. <laughs> I'll get off that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. Uh, shout out to uh, Pitch Meeting. Um, so that, so that uh, night. What's his name? Ryan something? Uh, yes, he's Canadian. I just found out. Um, Whatever. I'll find him. I'll rape him. I'm <laughs> Essentially, I, I, one of my favorites is that he did just real quick tangent on a side note here. They uh, he had like a 200th or 300th episode or whatever, so they had honest trailers do an honest trailer of his channel. It's really good, it's very short. But my favorite part of it is that, like, watch as you see him, uh, uh, not outside in the normal element, it just looks weird. So he's just like outside, like being himself. He's like, Hi, he's like, Get back to work, uh, you weird troll. Okay, and he just walks away. <laughs> I love the fact I was watching them like a couple days ago right? and, and like the sometimes you see like I had a compilation one and it's like the early days versus the later days. I'm like, man, this guy has changed so much yeah, for the better, for the better, because the newer days, are, the newer days are fucking hilarious. Oh man. So good. His his writing, it will never cease to amaze me how, how great it is and how uh, uh, it's it what gets it. It's one he of, gets it. It's one of those. He does. It's one of those. Um, those comedy bits where like, 
Um, same, same, honest trailer uh, does the same thing where it's like you stop, you're like, motherfucker, yeah, we never actually like thought we just accepted that and just rolled on with whatever it was. Uh-huh. It's like fucking shit. Anyway, um, back to this wonderful movie. So that night, Gore uh, uses the Necrosaur to swarm New Asgard with shadow monsters. Plot convenience. Thor, Korg, and Sif arrive to confront them, as does King Valkyrie and Foster, who Thor is surprised to see. Uh, while they were able to repel the monsters, Gore escapes with Asgard's children, including Heimdall's son, Axel. Thor communicates with Axel. <laughs> I'm not going to even touch that one. And deduces that the children are in the Shadow Realm. Knowing that Gore's strength would be at its peak there, Thor, Foster, Valkyrie, and Korg travel to Omnipotent City to warn Zeus of Gore and ask for an army to help fight him. Okay. So Can we talk about the fight between Thor and Axel? <laughs> Thor fought Axel? You mean the 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 community mean... fight? My name is Axel. It's the name oh. of the lead, uh, the name of the lead singer of a very popular band on earth that uh, I heard and I like. So my name is Axel. Don't don't even give me Sarah and Axel. Why is a thirteen year old fucking arguing with a seven thousand year old? I pretty much I, okay, so th- this I really enjoyed the look of gore and the yes. look of the shadow monsters. Not again, like I think that's, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't like was while the fight was happening, it was there was no fight. There were just the shadow monsters had zero point negative nine thousand percent chance of killing anyone or doing anything. Yeah, and all the like people like it was all kids because they wanted to show that the kids were. Uh, well, I guess awake, even though they're sleeping in the next scene. Mm-hmm. They're looking through the windows, being like, oh my god. We've got reaction saw- shots of like seven kids for some reason. I like This whole scene was way longer than it needed to be. You got the uh, the female Thor. The mighty yeah, that Thor. whole argument, that whole discussion right in the middle of all of that fighting going mm-hmm. on. Well, it's Marvel. Uh, but like the, the, the mighty Thor-like thing, it's like because it was spoiled, by Marvel, I'm like, just get to it. Because, like, I don't care, really. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, it's Natalie Portman. Jane? <laughs> Jane? I can't get my helmet off, Jane. What was why, the do I, why do I have a helmet that I'm never going to wear again? Thing, though. He had the helmet on. Oh. And Jane? What did he do? Oh, I don't know. I, I have to say... Taika Waititi is all over Thor's costume. It's way too vibrant. Yes. Way too vibrant. Honestly, like magic marker in is what that shit looks like. My my favorite bit is, um, so Gore, what's your deal? Gods are selfish and they should all die. They're all selfish, huh? Yep. They only care about themselves. So you're going to lure one out by kidnapping kids that he yeah, cares it's stupid about. as fuck. It's so stupid. His idea is like, I'm gonna prove my point wrong, and <laughs> here we go. Within, like, the first, I, within the first ten minutes of me revealing my true villain self. So I, uh, so the writing in this movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty good. So pretty I, good I, I can't remember because I, I, I at this point now I'm, I'm going off of memory more so than you know when I first saw this out in the theaters. Did Gore at any point in time during this fight in New Asgard try to take Stormbreaker? No. Oh, 
The writing is terrible. This movie. Black convenience, though, because he did not realize that Stormbreaker had the power until Thor used it to open the gate, open the bridge. There's so many problems. There's so many problems with. He might not have known of Stormbreaker's power to open the Bifrost. Yeah. At this point. The problem with this movie is like I feel like there's a lot of exposition that is left on the cutting room floor. You mean like the whole that, the idea of like one or like, two sentences could have made things a lot better? Yeah, like 90% of the movie to make sense. <laughs> like, they just left it on the cutting room floor. I, the, the, I kind of hate New Asgard, to be honest. And like What's with the oh flow my God. nobody outside of New Asgard the, having a the fucking fact, panic attack the, about it? The fact you know why I turned off the, the the movie? It was at the point where Tessa Thompson is like doing a commercial for Old Spice. Yes. That was when I was like, What is this fucking movie, man? I thought we were watching a Thora movie, not this. What a pile of crap. But like the uh the that his motives make no sense. Steal the kids. Well, the motive makes sense, but the motive to lure out Thor alone. No, for sense. his for his character, it makes no sense what he's doing. It's like, uh, gods are selfish, so they're gonna help save kids. It makes no sense. Like, like I said, his motive to lure out Thor himself doesn't make sense, but his motive against the other gods, the ones that are actually proving to be selfish. Makes sense. And the only other thing oh, I can but, think of too is that the sword is... was coercing him to take the kids too. Because I, right. the, well, the part that well, I, I, I'm, there's, it's a there's so much missed. But, but, yeah, but, yeah. but my point is, is that like, my point is, he needs his overall spoiler. His overall plot is to get to eternity. Yes. Right. We know mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> the only way he can get to eternity is through the Bifrost, which he finds out that uh, that Stormbreaker can Stormbreaker. do. But I I didn't remember any part where like I don't understand why he just didn't attempt to like cut out the fucking middleman and steal Stormbreaker when he thought when he fought Thor the first time. Because at that point he didn't know that Stormbreaker could call the Bifrost. He thought he was gonna have to lure out a certain person to do it. So is that why he stole the kids? It's almost like if <laughs> yeah, yeah. if the character had had more storyline. Like first of all, he's the god butcher. We see him kill one god, and all of a sudden he's he's tyrannical. He's killing all these gods. It's like what the fuck, you know? Well, yeah, what? That, that's yeah. That, that's like the thing that, 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 that infuriated me. But, no, but exactly. because no, but because like if you showed like him his like ideals wavering because of the sword's influence i could have got behind this way more uh, like of him like killing like a couple uh, a couple gods that like cut out that whole fucking acting scene and put in him killing to a god or two one, a couple that are like selfish and then one that's not but like the sword influences him to do it and then i'm getting here honestly he should have he should have just uh fucking um kidnapped heimdall's son Yes. It came with the, the ability to the control the Bifrost well, instead of a bunch of other him. kids. I don't know. I don't think well, I've summoned with, the Bifrost. He only has the magical seeing eyes that his, da- his dad had. But with, the, with that, like, with the, the sword and the 
he was able to summon it with the sword and the platform in Asgard, right? I don't really know what they Heimdall. Heimdall, he, yes, in yeah. Asgard. In, yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering, like, what, like, I, I would have rather seen him try to like use his son as like, uh, and and build the rest that was necessary for him to summon the Bifrost instead of kidnapping a bunch of random fucking kids, because like every fucking scene they show these kids in, they don't seem like they're in a movie. Half the time they just look at the the, the screen like they're like the 18th take in a movie they don't want to be in. And to your point, also, basement, they they kind of mentioned throughout the beginning of the movie gore going around killing these gods because of the fact that the god of the the uh, planet they were on when we first see thor their god was killed and then all the other distress signals that popped up on the guardian of galaxy's ship were because of other gods being killed so they yeah, alluded just, to it they just didn't show it i i just hate the fact that like the the two most interesting storylines get the least amount of time in favor of terrible comedy and things that shouldn't be in the movie at all. And yes, I agree with you, Tex, entirely. They did waste him. And it's not it's not Christian Bale. Christian Bale did an excellent job. No. It's yes. the writing and the direction of the entire movie. I'm going to say this right now. This has been his best role since American Psycho. There, there is. You didn't like him as Batman. No, the <laughs> um, first Batman he did, he did all right. But as soon as he got that gravelly voice and just yeah, started growling at the fucking enemies instead of talking, no. We'll get to it. But my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie is actually where he's like taunting Jane. The children. Well, no, he, well, oh. that too. Uh, that that's for a different reason. Uh, where he's taunting Jane, Thor, and Valkyrie, and he's like, like, kind of mocking them for what they lost. Yep. That's actually one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. But anywho, moving on with this fun plot, unconvinced that Gore is a threat to Omnipotent City. <clears throat> oh wait, hold on. I think I skipped a note here. Um, no, I did not. So. Um... <laughs> I feel like they skip a note in the entire fucking movie with some of this. Hmm. So Thor, Jane, Valkyrie, and Korg go to Omnipotent City, which is the host of all the gods, like I said, with the idea that they're going to raise an army to fight Gore and, and, and stop him in his, in his evil ways and, and stop all these gods from being slain. <clears throat> but apparently, uh, after conceiving or uh, going to uh, plea his case in front of Zeus after being um, uh, flicked too hard as I know Gina and Heather enjoyed. Um, that night, uh, uh, unconvinced that Gore is a threat to Omnipotent City, Zeus instead has Thor captured, forcing the others to intervene and fend off Zeus's men. Uh, the idea being that if Zeus can't, uh, if, if, if uh, Thor cannot recruit an army, he'll at least use Zeus's Thunderbolt to at least stop uh, Gore the God Butcher. In the scuffle, Zeus uses his Thunderbolt to destroy Korg's body, only to have his, uh, his face remains intact, although this is enough for him to survive. In Rage, Thor uses the Thunderbolt to impale Zeus in the chest, which Valkyrie steals as the group escapes to confront Gore in the Shadow Realm. And on the way, Thor learns of Jane Foster's cancer diagnosis, and the two rekindle their relationship. Okay. <clears throat> Omnipotent City is a lot to fucking unpack. First of all, um, the idea that every god is pretty much there. Every god, including, I don't know if you guys caught this or not, uh, off screen they said, hey, it's the god of carpentry. 
ba- I got it. basement now. <clears throat> I think <With> this one. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> um, the... It just so happens that they are convening at this exact time, right? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. time for the orgy. Um, Russell. Who is this movie for? <laughs> Like I like I uh, I'm sorry, but like there's parts of this movie that are made for like really young kids, and God, then there's this, this where it's like you you bring kids. You're not like, invited to the orgy. Yeah, like but then then the end of the movie is like four kids. I don't know why. I Who is re- this for? Um, uh, super nerds. I don't know why, but I love Russell Crowe as Zeus. I don't know why. I don't he's, like he's, the accent he was using. Well, he's hamming it up real hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's I Italian. mean, well, it's Australian stairs. Italian. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, his little like, his little like pansy flair. Yeah, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't legitimately put a finger on why I enjoy his performance. I, I like, I can't like sit here and say like it was magnificent, ma- magnificent. It was beautiful. He was a dick, which that Zeus, but. I, I can't, but for some reason, Russell Crowe does it for me as Zeus. I, do, I, I, I can't logically explain why I enjoy him as Zeus, but I just I enjoy him as Zeus. I, I mean, this right now, I think the Zeus we got in the end credit scene is the better way to play him than what yeah. we see here. Totally. This is the problem with this movie. They don't know what they're fucking doing. Like, like... You can't imagine presenting like a, like a villain Thanos like this, where he's a fucking pansy ass wanting to fuck everything in the world, prances down, and then all of a sudden I'm going to kill half humanity. You can't have both. This movie seems to think that it can do everything under the sun. It could be the the biggest comedy of the summer, but also like tragic as fuck. You can't. There needs to be a That's through Marvel. line here. Like but no, I'm but this be, is like gonna... Marvel turned up to like fifty, and I hate oh, it. You, you I'm going to be completely fair here. Zeus was one horny motherfucker. I get that, and I'm okay with. I mean, the thing is, at this point in time, the movie is just as ridiculous as it is. I fucking hate Korg. Korg, I was like, please kill fucking Korg. And when Korg got killed, I'm like, thank but the Lord, and he's he is alive. I don't, it looks like I only need my face. It's like the, it's like the most fucking egotistical version of Taika Waititi survives. I just have to be in the movie for the whole fucking time for some stupid reason. And he's terrible. He's not funny at all in the entire movie. He's not funny. He couldn't even just sit there and say he was dying. I am perishing! Nobody cares! I I hated Korg in this movie. I was happy when he died. Then he didn't die. And all of a sudden he gets strapped to the back. You could be my sex. I... I really think this scene is like peak parody for me. And this is where like I was at that. This is the the this is the second turnoff point for this movie for me. So because it's so ridiculous. And OK, so Marvel, mm. the virtue signaling Marvel mm. that exists where we have to have a bunch of women and we can't sexualize them gets a fucking giant man naked. And plays it off as women fainting and him yeah, loving the fact that he got and well and him loving the fact that he got naked. Yeah. And everybody else loving the fact that he got naked. This is the the epitome of have your cake and eat it too in Marvel Universe in every fucking part 
of this scene. You're just jealous you didn't get invited to the orgy. I hate this movie. <laughs> um, did anybody else also notice the um, fucking Celestials on the way out? I think so. So as Thor and all of them are leaving after they steal the Thunderbolt, as they fly through the window, there's two Celestials leaning in. And they oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they they had those they had those fucking uh, six side yep. figureheads everywhere in this shit. So I just yeah another little like that's that's bizarre. But but uh, omnipotent city I, I I don't really it's obviously more world building as far as Zeus being a thing in the MCU now and 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 now Greek gods are a fucking thing. Which let me tell you I I, I I a while back I tweeted this out I think I talked about this on, on the Miss Marvel one where I'm I'm doing a comprehensive list of where characters are at the end of Phase Four. I wish I didn't start this. Well, the the bigger it gets, the worse it'll get. I know. That, yeah. That's just, just... no. And it's inevitable because that's the way the comics go. But there, there, there is a silver lining in that, which I will get to. Is one of the you know, there, there, I said there's three things I enjoyed about this movie. The the Jane Foster thing I mentioned before. I'll just be straight up and honest. I think gore is one of my other favorite things about this thing. I mean, I, the the character does get a little confusing as we mentioned before in certain parts, but Christian Bale's performance fucking overshadows it. And there is one other part that I will mention towards the end that sort of has to do with Zeus. Um, so, um, upon arrival to the Shadow Realm, they attempt to locate the children only to realize that they had fallen for a trap. Gore intended to take Stormbreaker in order to utilize the Bifrost Bridge to access Eternity, where he can wish for the extinction of the gods. They battle Gore and his shadow monsters once more, but are forced to flee back to New Asgard once Valkyrie and Foster are weakened. But before Stormbreaker can be transported across the Bifrost, Gore steals it. Thor informs, uh, is informed that the effects of Mjolnir are aggravating Foster's cancer, and he urges her to stay behind to recover, while Valkyrie is also unable to continue fighting, leaving the Thunder bolt in Thor's possession so he can fight Gore again. So, so, um, I actually, first off, I don't give a shit. I laugh when the, when the, when the goats fucking hit the asteroid. I don't give a fuck that. That was that out of all the, I know the goats, the, the screaming goats can get annoying. I, I can certainly see people getting annoyed by that, but that was my favorite one of them just like screaming in the distance and during the whole chaos of the fight ensued. Those are the two situational spots where it was perfect timing for them to scream. One, when they're jumping off of the pier and looking like they're going to fall in the water. Scream. Anybody would. And then giant asteroid in my face. Okay, scream. Again, anybody would scream at that point. I, I just, I don't give a shit. I know it's stupid humor. I don't give a fuck. Um, him. So, so this is where the plot kind of obviously makes a little bit more. Uh, starts to make a little bit more sense as far as what he would do and 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 why he would do this. Um, again, if he it, I, maybe I missed it as far as he didn't know that that Stormbreaker could do this or that he. Uh, it, it, they it, didn't miss it. Okay, so that that's the part they that's a little aggravating. Is like, why didn't he like make it more of an attempt to take it when he fought, first thought of that? So first and anyway for. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, like it wasn't. They weren't ready, grip wise, for that to happen. I, I guess not. Um, I'm telling you guys, he didn't know because it wasn't until Thor used it to get out of the community building to try and make a point there. Well, why would even attack New Asgard then? Because they pan the camera out and they show Gore 
standing on the mountainside watching it, and that's when you see that. So, huh. but, but but like, why would he attack them? Because he wanted to draw Thor out. Because he, for what reason? To kill Thor, because he's a god. One of one good trillion. Yeah, he killed Plot a bunch of them already. Plot convenience. He's the next one. Um, it, it, the, the, it, the movie is it's terrible. The, the, one, um, the one thing though that I the, the the one thing I really like I said before I really like about this scene though in the shadow realm on the on the asteroid is the scene where he captures all three of them and he's like telling them to call the hammer and he's taunting all three of them for different reasons. He's taunting Valkyrie for losing all of her comrades and all the other fellow Valkyries, taunting Jane for the fact that she's gonna die from cancer anyway, and. The big one is is taunting Thor for everything he's lost. Um, great acting from from fucking Christian Bale, and just really like fucking. I I wish there was it's like such a yeah, missed opportunity is I what know. this movie is in every fucking way because this should have been him first Gore should have been a, just a standalone. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think him Gore and um, Jane Foster. Should have been a movie by itself. Yes. Because at the um, he he draws parallels to himself and Jane Foster, and it works really well. This is my favorite fucking scene of the movie, to be honest. And the black and white, and the um, the like when when they light up certain areas, the color, it like visually it looks the best. It's absolutely stunning. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a very good looking scene. It's a very good looking fight scene, and it's it has a lot of like character development or like character not development but like uh cross-examination that works yeah. really well this is by far for me the best scene in the movie and the only scene that i actually was like finally they give me something <laughs> yeah everyone was serious in this scene too what yeah. a coincidence right <laughs> except for the goats um i oh i was we were talking about the special we were talking about like the cgi and everything and how i felt like this scene like physically looked the best because maybe it was because the fact that everything was in black and white well i love the fact that the shadow creatures were always like darker so dark that you couldn't really discern what they are which is a great choice for what he's what the character brings right and in the black and white always will look better like we watched uh werewolf by night and obviously it benefited from the because we saw the contrast we saw the contrast too at the end when it showed the colors but like uh visual effects look good and i i think it's there's something so interesting about like the color dynamics they use to tell a story in this specific scene that i really liked because you could still tell color it was black and white, but I could still still I could still see that his his uh, cape was red. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. There were certain... so black and white that you didn't see any variation in color. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that, I that, I, that I have nothing bad to say about this scene. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, and like I said, like I said earlier, when it comes to the black and white stuff, it's a lot easier to hide some of the CGI mistakes that could be made mm-hmm. and the fakeness of it because of the fact of the absence of color of those things and i do like the fact that jane foster being like the brain picks up on what he what he's picked up on and throws a trap and throwing stormbreaker away yeah and he's like why'd you do that like everything this kind of works and this is like the best like i said the best (laughs) um so at the center of the universe gore begins to opening eternity's gate with stormbreaker 
Now, before I get any further into the into the plot. Oh yeah, there's going to be conversations. Oh, yes. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. So the the concept of eternity as presented in the MCU is if you reach eternity, you get any one wish you desire. Thor knew where eternity was. Thor had Stormbreaker and the ability to summon the Bifrost. So you know what my question's going to be? Why did he not go there and stop Gore by wishing him away? Or or why did he not bring back 50% of the population that was <laughs> destroyed by Thanos <laughs> instead of drinking himself to death in New Asgard? I also hate the fact that there's like... I'll take both. He, he loses Stormbreaker, yet he can summon Stormbreaker. What's the range? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like and also like how strong is gore to like rip it from thor's hand you know it's funny you mentioned that that is one thing that kind of I, I did scratch my head a couple of times at as far as this movie is concerned on one hand i appreciate it because it's gore as like an everyman like he's just a regular schmo and he's just being Super, su- he's souped up and super corrupted and being pushed in the direction because of his grief and, and his loss and his frustration and rage. So on one hand, I actually like that. On the other hand, it does create this, it, like the power scaling in Marvel in, in MCU is fucked up. It doesn't up. make any it's sense. Missed. Right. It, it, it's convenience-based. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's kind yeah. of, I can forgive it a little a little bit more in this movie because bigger picture, I can, I, I can sort of, and it's a one-off character. Spoilers, um, but but yeah, yeah, eternity just ah uh, that that infuriated me. I mean, I, I like after I was watching this, I had the exact same thought process. I'm like, well, why? And he's like, well, Thor knew about eternity, but Thor had no idea how to get there. I'm like, there is literally a Bifrost insignia on the fucking entrance door to this shit. He didn't know how to get there. Well, and I guess when, it makes sense for Valkyrie, Thor because he's brain dead. It's not even just that. Valkyrie is sitting there trying to tell him the directions. It's like, yes, I know. I need to turn left here and go straight on from there. He kn- he so knows he, where he knew exactly is. exactly where it was. Yeah. It, 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 so I had to like but go he, back like, and... The, the thought was he didn't know... Though he knows where it is, he doesn't know how to get access to it. Yet, there, there's like I said, there's a Bifrost insignia and they go out of their way to show that fucking sign every time the bifrost is used so fuck this movie <laughs> if he didn't know how to get to eternity then he's brain dead which he is no but like if he if he didn't know how to get to eternity that solves all my problems yes if he didn't know until this movie and until this moment that was happening well, fine i would have well, th- th- this is the problem you have Taika Waititi asking Natalie Portman if she's ever been in a Star Wars film. This is the problem. <laughs> you need somebody invested in the fucking material that is directing these things to know that certain things can't just be put in for convenience sake. Like honestly, like the the beginning of Marvel movies, I was I was always like they get a bunch of like well-known directors to direct these 
but a lot of those directors are like, we don't have like space to do what we want with. It. Now it's gotten to the opposite end of the spectrum where you give them too much, and, and they have it. no connection to the source material. So they're like, we're just gonna kind of hit the reset button on that and think that people won't notice because well, we explosions. Notice. Everybody fucking notices. Yeah. That's the fucking problem. So, anywho, Thor arrives and. In- Imbues the children with the power oh, of my Thor. My fucking god, I hated this. Giving, Where was it? Giving them. Why, why, why are we rooting for Thor? <laughs> giving, uh, like I, like uh, in this whole movie, I was rooting for Gore the God Butcher. To be honest, <laughs> he, he is actually like the guy fighting against the government. So he gives them enough strength to overcome the remaining shadow monsters. Gore gains the upper hand against Thor, having said uh, this movie fucking stupid shit. He gives them power. He give it, he empowers their weapons, and they also learn all of them learn how to fight simultaneously. Having sensed his distrust, Jane Foster decides to wield Mjolnir again, despite her weakened condition, and join the fight. Um, Thor- Mjolnir is like a dog now, too. By the way, Thor. <laughs> Thor gives Foster ample time to use Mjolnir to shadow the Necrosword into pieces, dooming herself and Gore. They had previously established, I forgot to mention that, if if Jane did use Mjolnir one more time, that she would put herself into harm's way. Which I I'll actually will give the movie, a little, I'll give the writing a, 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 a smidget of credit in the sense of... Yeah. Um, no, I think if they gave the fucking emotional weight of that more time to breathe, yes... But no, 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 fuck no, that no, no, shit. No, 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 no. I, I meant the, the explanation as far as why she can only use Mjolnir one more time. Why? It doesn't make any sense. It's taking your mortal soul. Okay, yeah. why? No, it's not taking her mortal soul. It is preventing her body from responding why? to the medication. Why? Are really fucking explaining Norse magic to you? We really have to have break that one down? So if they're just gonna say something and give no reason to it, that it's cool. It's stopping you from healing. Why? I hear screaming ghosts. Because it's stopping you from healing. <laughs> it's like okay, but it makes me super strong and athletic. But it's stopping you from healing. Right, because it's basically like a body swap almost. Yes. Fuck. I hate this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. so uh, Thor gives uh, Foster ample time to use Mjolnir to shadow the Necrosword into pieces, dooming herself and Gore. Thor recovers Stormbreaker and has the children use it to return home, but they could not stop Gore from entering eternity. Alright. The kids getting powers. Endgame. What the fuck? Not only powers, but like... I didn't give a rat's ass. Fighting, fighting ability? I didn't give a rat's ass. Because it, like, it just like... Cool. The, ki- the kids but, get a fight scene in the movie, and then they're they're gone. Like it's. It, it, but 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 who is this movie for? <laughs> you're asking the, that question the, like you're gonna like, get an answer, and you're not gonna get no. An but answer. like you're gonna you're gonna go from a scene that really focuses on orgies, right, to a scene where the kids get powered to fight. I have to ask, who is this movie for? Yes. Everybody. Nobody is the oh, answer. God, because like, really like if you're if you're gonna have like a whole scene devoted to like. Really wrenching on. You're not invited to the orgy. Orgy. And then if you're kids, you'd be like, "What's in the orgy, right mom?" Back. Yeah. And then you're gonna have a scene where a bunch of fucking five year olds get the power of Thor, well, which he trenches, but yeah. But I like, okay, but like, okay. First of all, giving the power to the kids 
he never gave his power to anybody else, so I guess it's something that he could do that he never did. Uh, I know he looks at the camera and kind of like winks one time only. I'm like, oh my fucking god, kill me for a limited time only. Yeah, but I also like. I have to imagine that the audience isn't the age of the kids being involved, and therefore, for nobody that wants to see that. It could be, but at the same time, it's just it was just again plot convenience so that he can have the monster stay off of his back while he focuses on the main bad guy. Which I I didn't give a shit. Running around funny with laser eyes for I I have I have to like on the two sides of like the scale. One is orgies and one is kids with powers. In the same movie. You kind of have to choose a side. You can't have orgies and kids with powers at the end of the movie. You just can't. Um, I agree with Tax Thor Newt movies. Loki in them. Yeah, that would definitely would have would have helped. Although although the peak conflict, in my opinion, was, was definitely Ragnarok, as we talked about before. But um, I didn't give a shit about the kids being in, in, this, in this. How did none of the kids die? The shadow monsters are the worst. They've killed nobody ever. Nope. No, they haven't. Um, yeah, he's been slaying gods left, right, and center. Correct. So, um, I, I didn't give a shit about. He can't kill kids. No, nope. he can't kill kids. No, but cause... he can kill gods, and we can have orgies. Movie so terribly written. Um, it's so badly written. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give a shit about the kids being in the movie because I felt like it's one of those like, what the fuck ever. And and by the way, the kids in the movie were all kids of the production crew and the writers and all that stuff. So it's, it you know, it's not, it, no child actors. It was literally just like they took the kids from the crew and, uh, and being watched. Uh, and, um. Bucky with the laser eyes. <laughs> absorb your soul tonight. <laughs> oh, one eye. What the fuck? Cyclops. Like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> um, I didn't give a shit because it's not like it had a major, major plot point other than like, oh, you get to see the kids fucking fight the shadow monsters, and then that, that was that was it. That like it wasn't, it, it didn't have enough significance Terrible. for me to like have like a deeper meaning or care like most of this movie. But uh, I, I just kind of let let it wrote like wrote it off and just like whatever. Um, I will not. I will say it's terrible. <laughs> so Thor calls out to Gore. And pleads for him not to, uh, for him to choose love over death as he rushes to Jane Foster's side. Their love reminded him of the love he had for his daughter, thus deciding to use his wish to resurrect his daughter, Love. By the way, Chris Hemsworth's real daughter. Uh, yeah, I know. Foster soon succumbs to the cancer, vanishing. Real daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Love is played by Chris Hemsworth's real life daughter. They didn't have that good of chemistry on screen. <laughs> Foster soon succumbs to the cancer, vanishing into Valhalla, while Thor accepts Gore's request to take custody of love before he dies from the Necrosword's curse. I don't know how to feel about this scene. I'm Couldn't very he have torn. just wished for himself and his daughter to live? Well, he, he brought his daughter back. Yeah, but couldn't he have just... Yeah, but couldn't you have just said, I want myself and my daughter to stay alive and have a happy ending? Well, he, he wished one wish was to bring her back, so I don't think he can do two wishes. I think it's just one. What if it's just one wish? I want me and my daughter to live. <laughs> I want my daughter alive <laughs> and... <laughs> well, he's dying. Just a constant run-on sentence. 
fuck this movie. <laughs> I I don't know how to feel about the about this part. I'm kind of torn. Like on one hand, it seems like a compl- it seems like a very, complicated like, business transaction. <laughs> it's it's very much like uh, it's anticlimactic uh, for me. Yeah, it's a very much cop out ending. Love, you wanted love. It's like okay, raise my kid. I'm dead. I mean, he was going in there to wish the death on all the gods. Yep. And all it took was Thor sitting there saying, "Do what you're like, gonna do. I don't care." I, I get turn like he, around and to walk away, and Gore going, "Don't you dare turn your back on me." The, this is the problem with the like underdeveloped storylines of Gore and Jane Foster, because this scene really relies on the idea of him looking at Jane Foster in Thor's arms and seeing himself with his child and kind of like being like, what's the point of life? If a God can care that much for a human or whatever, then I've accomplished my mission already, but we haven't seen enough of any of that to get that. So it's just like a vision of something kind of changes his entire mind, which I kind of hated. He's so underdeveloped, and he's so good to be underdeveloped that I hate it. I hate it. I did like the way Eternity looked and the whole like visual aspect of it. Yeah. I think like outside of the CGI, a lot of people like shit on the CGI for this movie. I I won't because a lot of it's in fucking darkness. Yeah. Um, visually, Steel. I think this movie is actually pretty good. No, I don't. I don't. I had no real issues with the, with the CGI or any or any sort of the visual shit. Um, yeah, the the ending I'm I'm kind of torn on. I I kind of like the way I, I'll be honest. I kind of like the way they sent Jane off. I think it, it was it was such a non realistic version of somebody dying from cancer. Well, no shit. They're also talking to fucking eternity. Yeah. So how realistic yeah, are you gonna but, fucking I mean, get? Hey, you're gonna you're gonna involve hey, realistic shit like let, that. You better talk, pay some respect. Let's talk stuff. about let's talk about a realistic death involving a woman who's able to fight off cancer using. I'm sorry, what was that? Fucking Mjolnir. Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna hit those uh those emotional low hanging fruit of cancer and what it does to somebody, yeah. you're gonna have to pay that shit off. You can't just pick and choose. Fuck that shit. I, I like this is where I kind of hate him because they're gonna be like, oh, we're gonna hit you in the emotion with the cancer thing, but then we're never really gonna actually deliver on it. Yeah, that is kind of like a kick in the nuts to anybody that's ever dealt with anything close to that. Where it's like, Why? oh, and all of a sudden she's happy about everything, and then she's in the afterlife. Okay. Why is she whispering her chosen tagline? Yeah. When she literally said it five minutes before. I think she. I think it's different. Acting. <laughs> like my understanding was that she came up with a new one, and I was cool with not hearing it. But I hated the idea that that was a plot point. Yeah. Um. In the aftermath, a statue of Foster as the mighty Thor is erected in New Asgard. Sif and Valkyrie begin training the new children in combat, while Korg's body fully regenerates as he sp- as he seeks to produce an offspring. Thor, meanwhile, starts to raise love as his own daughter, entrusting her with Stormbreaker while he wields Mjolnir into battle. The two begin traveling the galaxy, offering assistance to whomever needs it, becoming known as Love and Thunder. (gasps) The name of the fucking movie! 
Um, so on, it's so unearned. I hate that ending, to be honest. So of course, the other two big things we're going to talk about real fast before we wrap this up is the mid-credit scene and the post-credit scene. Post-credit scene, I'll start with first. Foster arrives at the gates of Valhalla, where Heimdall welcomes her and thanks her for helping save his son. But the bigger one is the mid-credit scene, where we see a recuperating Zeus is off to send his son Hercules to kill Thor. Uh, there's my third favorite point about this. The, 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 the potential concept of Thor versus Hercules. Yes. I feel like somebody who is bigger. Yeah, Hercules is... Bodily-wise, not name-wise. I'm talking bodily-wise. But also also name-wise for me. I'm sorry. God of Thunder versus Strongman. Uh, Yeah, Hercules can do some shit. Crazy shit. Um, Can he travel to space? Yes. He's the son of Zeus. Canonically. Mm, I think there's at least he, he's like a he's like a half breed. He's a, he's a he's a half breed. Yes, he's yeah. a demigod, but still yeah, he's supposed to, he's a half breed and he's kind of like on Earth the entire time in Greek mythology. But cool, I guess he'll live in space. Um, so the two things I want I want to take away from the from the mid credits and the post credit scene real quick and then we'll talk about the whole movie as a whole is the first the the, the idea that they're setting up a, Th- a Thor versus Hercules I'm assuming in Thor 5 uh presumably Thor 5 if there's going to be a Thor 5 which as long as Taika Waititi's not directing it sign me the fuck I'm up all for it. I have, I've heard like that is definitely not happening what Taika Waititi, I think he's been like excommunicated. <laughs> yeah, I've heard he's not going to be doing the yeah. next Thor movie. Um, the post-credit scene with Foster arriving at the gates of Valhalla may not seem like a lot. It might seem like a happy-go-lucky ending. However, I think that it's another part of world building. You know, yes. especially in the last couple of Marvel projects, we've been we've been introduced to new. Uh, dimensions and new areas mm. of, of new religions. Uh, yep, Moon Knight explored a different area of the afterlife. Black Panther explored the different area of the afterlife. So, just keep that in the back of your head that like Valhalla is an actual physical plane of existence that we can actually physically visit, whether it be to seek out Jane Foster again, or I think could be more importantly used is to bring back. 616's version of Loki. Well, if they go, I, it, it's or too Odin, much. everything or like, your pick. Honestly, it's it's uh, it's not looking good for Marvel in my mind. There's just too much. It's just too much. Nothing means anything. It means everything. No, I honestly, I like ten, 10 years. Marvel's in trouble in my mind. In all honesty, it's got it's gotten too big. And I, I am I am a little. Confused. Phase four has shown me they don't know how to handle too big. It's too big, Daddy Feige. Um. Well, that being said, that wraps up Thor: Love and Thunder, one of the best cinematic masterpieces that Marvel has ever produced. So, Heather, talk to me about what you thought about Thor: Love and Thunder. Highs, lows, and what would you rate it out of 10? For me, there was too much comedy 
as I, as I have said now twice about this movie, too much comedy for it to just snap into the seriousness mm-hmm. of Jane dying and Gore getting his daughter back and then he himself dying. Um, but I enjoyed this movie as a standalone movie, not even a fucking sequel or a threequel. As a standalone movie, I enjoyed it. But the fact that this movie has not given us any inclination into what is anything future for the entire Marvel Universe, aside from we may see Thor fighting Hercules. Yep. This movie has done exactly everything that all the others have done up to this point, and that's absolutely nothing for the entire Marvel Universe. I mean, we've, we got our possible next big bad in Kang all the way back in Loki. And since then, there's nothing. Absolutely nothing between then and now. As far as what's going on with Kang and the possibilities of what's going to be happening with Kang. So with that being, again, as a standalone movie, I enjoyed it. It made me laugh, but there was just, it. I cannot go higher than a five, four and a half, five for this. All right. Fair enough. Basement. You love this movie. I know you're going to give it a perfect eight out of ten, right? I, so... There's parts of this movie I thought would make a better film. I enjoyed uh, Gore. I didn't get enough of him. I enjoyed Jane Foster's storyline. Didn't get enough of it. Um, the the aspects of this movie that are done like in a more serious light are done very well. But the comedy, I, I didn't laugh in this movie. And this movie is basically, it's a comedy even though it shouldn't be. Because the themes of this movie are pretty fucking deep, and they don't even try. They just, like, skim over them. Oh, we're going to skim over someone dying of cancer. Cool. We're going to skim over somebody losing their kid and having nothing left in this world. Cool. Comedy. Laughing fucking or screaming fucking goats. Uh, Fuck you, I like the goats. Written terribly one of the worst written movies i've ever seen this is the this is a trend for marvel and it's a bad trend they are starting to rely too heavily on source like the name and the special effects and have no reliance on writing yeah the writing is terrible and it's been terrible in multiple marvel properties this movie for me is a 3.5 out of 10 i wanted i wanted to turn it off multiple times i wouldn't have got through it if it wasn't this round table the second half is better but only for a part but i i will say it's not a great movie it's not even a great marvel movie so you're saying with three and a half and three and a half is solely for the things i mentioned i like Fair enough. It's it's like a partially parody <laughs> with cancer and a fucking guy that lost his kid. It's a weird fucking combo. Uh, the best the, the, those are the best types of parodies. Um, 
I'm I can't, I'm pretty much in the same boat with you guys uh, as far as the movie goes. You know, I I did see this in theaters, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say that I didn't laugh at parts of the movies. I did. I didn't laugh as much as other parts that they forced down our throats. Uh, like I said, the goats. I don't give a shit. I I, I will admittedly that it was a stupid part of humor that I laughed at. Hey, that's the thing though. Like if, if you didn't laugh at the goats. You wouldn't laugh the goats the tenth time right, the goats yeah, were shown. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I I agree that the writing is is probably it, it is the weakest thing of this movie, which is weird because overall the writing is not that great. But there are rare moments and things that happen in the movie where I'm like, "What the fuck? They knocked it out of the park on that moment or, or that scene." What I'm saying, it's, it's where the three point five comes from. It's 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 infuriating. Uh, where like, like kind of the, the like hospital the, scene with uh, Thor and Jane. Jane. Yep, love that. The the scene like I mentioned with the shadow realm where where Gore's uh, intimidating them. Love that. The opening scene where Gore loses his daughter. Fucking, I, I love that before he got the sword. There, there, was, uh, there was a lot about this movie in pieces that I enjoyed. The Jane Foster relationship, uh, the potential setup of a Thor versus Hercules in the, in the future. I would love to see how that goes. There's, there's a lot of individual pieces about this movie they enjoyed, but collectively a movie they do not make. Um as far as what Heather said about the the bigger cinematic universe, she's right. There's really not a whole lot they... There's only two real things to take away from uh, Thor Love and Thunder that have changed from the beginning of it. Or three things. One, Thor's no longer with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Shocker. Uh, Thor now has a adoptive niece or daughter. I'm not sure if they call her daughter. I think it's I think it's like I love you, Uncle Thor. But uh, that has the powers of eternity. By the way, she has the fucking powers of eternity, which that's a small yeah. Let, let's let's have a seven year old just fucking you know can destroy such a shoehorn in to make the title make sense existence. Um, the, uh, there's a third part. Um, there's the third thing that changed. Son of a bitch. There was a third thing that fucking changed. I had it on the head. Uh, fuck. Anyway, the, the, but the point is, is that not much has really changed as far as the bigger scope of the of the of the universe for uh, for the MCU, other than Thor's now got like an adoptive daughter or a niece or whatever. Um, which is funny because when you look at the scope of everything in the MCU, right? Even though Kang is the next big bad, he is only a human. He's not like some sort of superpowered deity or super superpowered being. The closest that we've gotten to the biggest, like, power scaling as far as beings goes are the fucking Celestials from Eternals. And then Thor would probably be right underneath that. So it's weird that, like, we dealt with a lot of massive cosmic powers, like the Necrosword, which is, uh, by the way, the sword that also created all the symbiotes in, in Marvel, hint, hint, like Venom and all those. Um, that was a flash in the pan, which I'm like, like okay, wish they kept that around a little bit longer, but whatever. I get it in the context of the movie. Uh, do you feel like Marvel is kind of like speed running through some of its as uh, like subject matter that they shouldn't? Yes. 
in terms of like it, it's it's I, I felt this way for like greek mythology until they like showed the end credit i'm like man you are just running through this for the fact running through it it's it's hard for me to say without seeing what kevin feige's long-term plan is like i know we're all we're, we're all they're all leading uh, towards the necro sword like you said that it created symbiotes do you think like certain things no. that they're using to just like get to a point to get to a point to not yeah. really like they're still they're still relatively they, they the spider-man deal is they're still creatively stifled kind of like how they were with um fox back in back in age of ultron where like we can let you use wanda and pietro maximoff but you can't call them mutants or uh scarlet okay. witch or quicksilver so with spider-man shit that's still there's still a fine line and a lot of um uh Nick for Nat, tit for tat, that they can or can't do legally speaking because there's a lot of fucking overlap. I think there's only two characters that they can use without any issues, but we'll get to that another time. But um, as far as stories go, uh, it worries me sometimes because there are some amazing Marvel stories that they can use in solo movies. That's why I'm really looking forward to the Captain America and the Thunderbolts one, not just because I love the street tier heroes, but because especially with those two, like Cap and, and Thunderbolts, there's a lot of fun stories you can tell and have a lot of amazing things happen. But I worry that like with movies like this, that they like with Thor, they'll piss through some really, really, really good shit uh, or I don't want to say I feel mean saying waste it, but in some cases waste it like they did here. So I, I get a little nervous about that. But my, my, my thought process, like it, it's kind of like Ultron. Ultron is one of the most powerful baddies in, in, in Marvel. And waste. he was a fucking afterthought in yeah. the MCU. He, it was the worst Avengers movie. And it was infuriating. Even in the What Up, even in, in the what up series, he was... A waste. <laughs> I kind of like this inclusion. The what if at least they or like at least they uh, uh, not what if, but um, I, I kind of no, I did like his inclusion. The what if, but I even in um uh Doctor I Strange, I liked the inclusion there, but oh, it, like yeah. it was un it the movie it was unworthy of the inclusion because of how bad the original movie was. Exactly. Right. So <laughs> you know what I mean. I get a little I get a little nervous because. Like, Gore the God Butcher is a fantastic character. Uh, and he feels, they just, no, in the comics. No, no, no. They just won't. I, I feel like Marvel Cinematic Universe has only like three or four villains that they're willing to invest in. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else can just be a block to be turned over. I think that they're looking more at the finish line than they are the steps in between. Yes, I, I would have loved if this introduced him as a character. I would have loved if some of these fucking Marvel movies didn't actually kill the villains in the movie. Like, there's so Killmonger was one. There's a bunch of fucking villains that they tend to just like throw away. Where it's like, if you're building up your hero yeah. side, you may also want to build up your villain side, but not killing them constantly. You know, like you can have a climax where they don't die. It's fine. Right. So especially I, with some of the higher tier ones. It's, yeah, especially with the higher tier ones. It seems like almost like a cop out. So I, I just get nervous when it comes to like seeing a movie like this where it's like, man, 
by the way, this was very middle of the road for me too. I, I give it a five along with Heather because um, when it does it right, when, when when the things I like about the movie are very, very good. I feel like it's insulting. <laughs> I feel like it's insulting. The things that it does right are right, and they insult me because it's, the rest of the movie is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> we got to – you want some Infinity Scoops? Um yeah, it, it's... It, doesn't, it doesn't deserve the good moments. It doesn't earn them. <laughs> but um, it just does them randomly. But I'm, I'm going to give it the middle of the road. But 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 no, I, I worry a little bit. And but but the other part of it is with Phase Four kind of being like a resetting of the table. I'm really hoping that Phase Five, uh, as we now approach Phase Five, has, has very has, has very little hopes. Well, I, I, I'm hoping if anything else, we get a little bit more focus on the bigger picture. That is... my, my my thing is like the last couple things we've watched then i know the next one um marvel is kind of really heavily testing the waters for uh i guess like different genre of film oh yeah and they do it in such a marvel way where it's like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna test the waters into like a, a nuanced indie film but we're gonna do it as if we're Marvel, and it's like, okay, it, yeah, it's it, not nuanced or indie. It's Marvel well, trying to be something they're not. I'll say this much: if there's a time to do it, Phase Four is probably the time to do it. If they're gonna field well, test I, shit, I feel like they they've kind of like turned away a, a certain amount of their audience. The thing is, like, the audience that they've turned away in Phase Four, the audience that have seen Phase Four, Phase Five is where you'll feel that loss of audience. Yes. If Phase Four doesn't reclaim it at the end, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if they continue to push out mid-tier product, eventually the goodwill of their patrons will be lost, and they'll have diminishing returns. And I feel like that's where, like, even if the product might be better in Phase 5, they won't make the same bank from Phase 4 because of Phase 4's falling. Yes. Right. I, I see what you're I saying. Mean, yeah. I, I'm all for them trying different film genres to find new ways of doing Marvel movies. But at the end of the day, if they're going to do it like they did this or like they did Moon Knight or like they fucking did She-Hulk they're not gonna make any money I mean they will just barely make back what they put into making the movie in the first place and it's so weird because they seem to be pushing away general audience for niche audience yes which is a very strange business decision. And like Tex says, Werewolf by Night is one of the favorite things that he's seen because it's an homage to Universal Monsters. That's fine. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But the fact of the matter is how many of fucking actual Marvel fan base knows anything about Universal Monsters? You know what I mean? Like, who are these movies for anymore? I don't really know. I think they cast the... a wide net. Yeah, the, and the net might be too wide. Yeah. If you know what I mean, where, like, nothing's really going to, like, intrigue a vast audience. Where, like, if you go in the past and you look at all the Marvel movies leading up to and ending with end, Endgame, there, everybody could watch those, right. in my honest opinion. They weren't. And then after that, they started to get really niche, really weirdly niche for some fucked up reason. 
I know they did a lot of like virtue signaling and wanting to be part of like the new Hollywood where it's like, huh, oh, no, my two dads and my two moms and it's like, okay, cool. I don't really care. But it's odd that everybody in New Asgard is fucking lesbian because how do you create new kids? Magic. <laughs> Magic mule near. But uh good shit. They send over an open lava pit. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I I found that pretty funny. And I like that. Um, I stand over near an open lava pit, we hold hands for a month. Like, okay. If you wanna tackle like a fucking gay marriage, go with that. That's yeah, cool. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Uh but that's gonna do it for Thor, Love and Thunder, as well as our thoughts in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this time point. Thank you all so much for tuning in for this edition of the Marvel Roundtable. Uh thanks you once again to Canadian Baseman and Heather, the tattooed mama, for joining me once again this evening. Uh guy, gal, any last minute tidbits before we wrap this one up? Please, God, let this be over soon. It will be. No, I mean, I don't, I don't like, the, the thing is, I thoroughly enjoyed doing, doing the Marvel Roundtable until about like three films ago. After Shang-Chi was done, <laughs> yeah. after Shang-Chi was done, I kind of, and I mean, the thing is, Miss Marvel wasn't bad. Like, I, I will come up and say like, it wasn't for me, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't a terribly made show. I enjoyed this, this... watching in the moment. I am not going to rewatch it, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't made for me, but I can at least say that it was not a bad-made show. Right. This is a bad-made movie, and I know what's on the horizon. <laughs> it is like – like when I say – Just treat, it as, a, just treat round, this as my Christmas present, all right? If I wasn't doing the round table, this is the na- this is the nail in the coffin coming up. I know for a fact because I've seen some of it. I know for a fact for me this is like if I wanted to turn this off, Jesus Christ, <laughs> just <laughs> wait three whole episodes just to get to the end. Oh of the- man, we might have to do this like in <laughs> por- Do you want to do it in like portions? No, I'd rather just like no, rip I, the band aid off. Portions, portions. We might need to do it in portions. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can watch nine, ten episodes and do a review of all ten without killing myself. Yeah, I think it'd be easier because the episodes are shorter. And like, trust me, we're not there. There are going to be some. I mean, there's there's so much to talk about because uh, it's so. I'm telling you, I will not stop talking about how much I hate everything. Well, we'll debate that in a little bit. But thank you again to Tattooed Mama, Heather, and Basement for joining me once again. Uh, Of course, right here on the Horny Goat YouTube channel and the Horny Goat Podcast Network. So make sure you check us out at youtube.com slash horny goat and check us out on your favorite podcasting platforms. (sighs) When we return to the Marvel Roundtable next time around, whether it be one piece or, or several, we go back to Disney Plus as we take a look at the last Disney Plus show for Marvel's Phase 4 as we explore the West Coast side of things, all sorts of legal fees and all sorts of legal jargon as we tackle a new side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe introducing several new heroes new comedy, oh joy as we explore the law practices of She-Hulk Attorney at Law Thank you.